Chapter Twenty of War and Women by Mrs. Saint Clair Stobart. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. I soon discovered three people who were on the verge of being very bored with life. These were our three washing girls who were waiting to see me before they went home from work. I had found that with a crowded hospital it was impossible for our staff to spare time for washing all the soiled sheets, pillowcases, night garments, etc., of the patients and i tried immediately we started hospital to find washerwomen either bulgarian or turkish to come every day but apparently there were either no women in kirk Kilisse, or the job wasn't popular and for several days i drew a blank till finally i went as usual as a last resource to the commandant and he promised that bipeds of some sort should be sent to wash for us and the next morning to my great joy three strong nice-looking girls put in an appearance at the hospital i sent for one of our particularly intelligent girl interpreters to come and explain the nature of the work required she talked for about five minutes whilst i was busy attending to someone else and told the girls in bulgarian all that would be expected of them and then she turned to ask me some question about soap or wash-tub i then noticed that upon the faces of the washing trio there still rested that same look of placid indifference which i had observed when they first came into the office and they had neither of them opened their lips i asked them in bulgarian if they understood what had been explained to them they shook their heads good gracious are they dumb i asked the interpreter she then asked them if they had understood and immediately the floodgates were opened and a language of which neither of us comprehended one word was poured upon us in a triplicate there was no doubt about the eloquence of the language but i had no time for an eloquence which i didn't understand so i said ja ja exactly so and smiling benignly seized them all three by the arms and dragged them to a shed in which were wooden trenches which had been made for washing troughs by the old carpenters i pointed to a pile of soiled linen on the floor sent for water put some soap into their hands and then uttering a few guttural blessings closed the door and left them conscious of the shortcomings of a somewhat scantily equipped laundry i kept at a distance all the morning but sent a messenger to bring back a report washing was apparently proceeding but the messenger had not stopped to observe details she had precipitately fled when on opening the door to look in she had been greeted by a broadside of gesticulative and unintelligible jargon however though the trio were particularly dense in understanding anything that tended to imply work they had a wonderful knack of finding means of expression for anything they wanted for themselves after a couple of hours of washing they sauntered boldly arm in arm into my office and with the forefingers of their right hands pointing at their widely open mouths and their left hands placed pathetically over their little marys left me no escape from the inference that they were hungry and that it was dinner-time for them i discovered before the day was over from our lieutenant whose mother was a greek that the girls were grecian but the language of signs was i found in many ways convenient and time-saving and as we had no greek interpreter we availed ourselves of hobson's choice and did excellently without for the remainder of our time in hospital i often used to wish as i looked out on all the linen hung up to dry on ropes slung across our tiny backyard that the many well-intentioned folks who in england had with much effort contributed bed garments for the wounded in the balkans could have cast their eyes along that line before they had sat down to their sewing parties they would have saved themselves much wasted labour many recipients of consignments of clothes for the wounded and also for the destitute 
were much embarrassed to know what to do with the bundles of unusable rubbish with which they had been flooded we were fortunate in having been able to ascertain at sofia the style of bed garment approved by the bulgarian soldier peasantry and had provided for their use washing shirts in flannel and in linen and linen bed drawers the latter specially arranged for the possibility of leg and thigh injuries and these were all thoroughly appreciated by our patients but some of the other missions on the other hand had much trouble on the score of bed garments they had provided for their prospective patients long flannel nightshirts of a pattern not even presented now upon the english stage and the soldiers one and all had refused to wear what they considered an insufficient and indecent covering they demanded to be put to bed in their dirty old uniforms rather than submit to the indecorum of a nightshirt and this although apparently an insignificant trifle was a matter of some concern for of the injuries received by the soldiers in battle the larger proportion were in the legs i have no knowledge of the statistics of other hospitals but in our fourteen wards apart from the outpatients of whom the larger proportion would naturally be suffering from hand and arm wounds i one day estimated that of the eighty-four patients at that moment in the hospital forty-eight had been hit in the legs and sixteen in the arms and of the remainder the injuries were distributed amongst heads shoulders ribs backs etc while seven of the cases were medical this prevalence of leg wounds was explained to me by the soldiers as due to the fact that the turkish soldier is so illiterate that he cannot read the sighting on his rifle and aims point-blank with the usual result that the bullet hits below the mark at which it is aimed even some of the turkish officers presumably some of those risen from the ranks under the old regime were also unable to read or write shrapnel grenade mauser and manlicker bullets each told its own graphic tale it was of interest to note that the mauser in general use by the turks was more merciful in effect than the manlicker used by the bulgarian army but of the murderous projectiles used shrapnel was of course the most disastrous in its effects and a terrible shattering was the result in one case a large portion of the buttocks had been completely torn away and it seemed impossible that the man should live but he like most of our patients recovered in marvellous fashion another man came in with his right arm shockingly shattered by shrapnel he had travelled in the usual comfortless ox-carts for five days from Lulaburgas. he arrived in an exhausted condition and was suffering as many were when first admitted from severe shock he was discovered the next morning weeping disconsolately we asked him what was the matter and he then confided to us after a little hesitation that he was engaged to be married and he was terribly afraid that if as he feared he should lose his arm his fiancee who was of course the only girl in all the world might refuse to marry him at that time we also feared that his arm could not possibly be saved but he was told that if he kept up his spirits and was brave he had a good chance of getting well and keeping his arm and owing to the skill of the doctors and the devotion of the nurses the arm was saved and our friend a particularly handsome and attractive personality will it is hoped by now be safely married and in process of living happily ever after and now as i am myself neither a doctor nor a nurse and contributed therefore nothing whatever directly to the therapeutical results it is i hope permissible here to dilate a little on the really wonderful percentage of recoveries effected by our doctors and our nurses amongst seven hundred twenty nine cases that were treated there was only one death and that was a medical case 
the patient who was apparently recovering and had that very afternoon been much aggrieved because he was not allowed to get up and dress died suddenly and unexpectedly in the night from heart trouble following as the post-mortem confirmed a mild and incipient attack of typhoid it is true in mitigation of this somewhat remarkable record that the men who belonged to a vigorous healthy stock had been accustomed all their lives to plain food and wholesome living and were free in an exceptional degree from immoral diseases and were therefore peculiarly exempt from excesses of all kinds and yielded the more readily to treatment it is true also that many of these seven hundred twenty nine patients were outpatients who would of course be comparatively less seriously wounded but the nature of the injuries of those others approximately three hundred who filled the wars during the seven weeks of our residence was severe enough to tax the ability and care of the ablest of both professions of doctors and of nurses i attribute their success not only to the skill and restraint of the doctors in operations and to the devotion of the nurses in the wards but to the extreme care taken by the sisters in the sterilization of the instruments etc in the theatre soldiers who came into the hospital with their brains protruding through their skulls at first paralyzed in speech and in every limb men with buttocks shot away men with arms and legs shattered with wounds which made it impossible to believe as you gazed upon them that this raw bleeding nauseous smelling object formed part of a human being these one and all recovered in what seemed to me miraculous fashion and i am confident that i may without partiality justly praise the skill and devotion of the doctors and the nurses and the patients and the dogged hard work of the kitchen staff which effected this result it was to my mind also worthy of note that this little band of women drawn from classes accustomed in their own homes to every luxury should have withstood not only the work but the hardships and privations without a grumble or a word of discontent from the time they left victoria station to the time when they returned there in safety i must however also praise the character of the soldiers themselves it would be difficult i think to find in any country a pure more wholesome chivalrous type of men than those whom it was our privilege to heal the majority eighty per cent of these peasant soldiers were as i ascertained in each case from personal inquiry proprietors of their own land owning on an average from ten to two hundred decars from two that is to fifty acres it was not therefore perhaps surprising that an army composed of soldiers of this type should have been in their war with the allies victorious against the turk no better argument against a professional has compared with a territorial army could well it seemed to me have been afforded than by this war in which by far the larger amount of professionalism was on the losing side if wars were only fought by those who like the bulgarian peasants had everything to lose and nothing personally to gain by going to war there would be fewer wars and those only would be fought which had moral justice rather than political expediency as the compelling force in her subsequent war against her former allies bulgaria has laid herself open to a charge of greed and a land hunger it is impossible that once in the field and grown accustomed to the horrors of war faced too with the prospect of destitution which in any event probably awaited them on their return to their homes when the war was over the bulgarian army may have succumbed to the human passion of territorial greed and aggrandizement if that were so they have paid the penalty but no one who had mixed and spoken as i did for weeks with hundreds of these bulgarian soldiers and their officers would for a moment believe that the prospect of a problematic extension of boundaries would in the first onset have persuaded these three hundred thousand peasants to leave their homes and families 
to abandon their crops and means of livelihood to risk death and mutilation for themselves and destitution for their wives and children and to come out on the battlefield against an army of professional and lifelong soldiers the bulgarian peasant though he has proved himself to be a soldier equal to europe's best did not fight from a passion of land hunger nor for the love of fighting he was driven from his homestead by an ideal he was sustained in the dismal trenches by an ideal and the point of his bayonet was sharpened by an ideal the ideal that drove those many thousand peasants who filled the bulgarian hospitals from the lethargy of their agricultural life and the peacefulness of their domestic happiness was the ideal of nationhood intuitive in all those who have an evolutionary mission to perform the first stage of progress towards nationhood is freedom and freedom was impossible under the heel of the turk therefore the turk must go this the ideal which inspired the bulgars in their crusade against the turks will remain as their ideal till it is accomplished europe may as far as bulgaria is concerned believe what she likes as to the greed and rapacity of the bulgarian people europe will make a great mistake if she thinks these people will ever abandon an ideal which they have once visualized the turk they said must go and the turk was defeated not because he has no good qualities he probably has as many potential virtues as the bulgars or even as the british nation the turk was defeated when the odds were not overwhelmingly against him because he has no longer an ideal his old ideal the mohammedan faith was not built upon the rock of ages but upon the sands of time and is being annihilated by the tide of progress the history of all dynamic movements is universally the same they must either expand and grow with the growing life around them or become fossils fit only for museums the spirit of cruelty of intolerance of sensuality that breathes in every sentence of the koran is not capable of adaptation to new conditions the koran was a creed of opportunism the inspiration was spurious the fire is burnt out the young turk had become aware that the core of his faith was rotten that the inspiration of his religion was dead that he had no longer a religious ideal pathetically in his need he had turned blindly for inspiration to that paris which had supplied him in this world with the joys which his religion had only promised in the next he sought in the cold and barren positivism of comte for that religious zeal fervour and idealism which alone can drive nations on to victory he sought life's blood from a stone the result was disaster and defeat in that turkish army of professional soldiers there was lacking that physical something more which on the bulgarian side converted hordes of imperfectly trained peasants into an army which has proved itself worthy with some mistakes accepted to rank amongst the finest europe has known i disbelieve the stories that have been circulated by their enemies of atrocities committed by these bulgarian peasant soldiers they are a proud and reserved race and would no more think of elaborately defending themselves against the falsehoods uttered by their enemies than they would themselves utter falsehoods against those enemies but if when every man's hand was against them and after months of fighting during which their eyes had rested on nothing but blood and carnage if then the power of suggestion produced its accustomed result and gentle men like those we nursed in our hospital at kirkkilis have at times seen red that would not be an argument against the humanity of the bulgarian soldier it would be an indictment against the barbarity of a civilized europe 
which still elaborately trains its populations to settle their differences and adjust their boundaries by blood and carnage the barbarism of taking life lies not in the jesuitical distinction between taking life in cold blood or taking life in the heat of battle it is the taking life that is the barbarism but mohammedanism the religion invented by a man for the benefit of men only still absorbs the religious devotion of one-fifth of the human race is it then a wonder that the world's ideals of humanity and of heroism should be tinctured by essence of maleness men are said to love danger better than work if this is a fact could not this insensibly tend to blur their distinction between ideals of humaneness and of heroism it may be true as saith zarathustra that only where there are graves are there resurrections but is it not also a truth not unknown to history that resurrections are sometimes revealed first to women may it not possibly be from women that the world will eventually learn to realize that god rules the universe as fourier reminds us by attraction not by force End of chapter twenty